What's up, guys, and welcome to Luke's Mind Power Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mindpower, and today, with my special guests, you're in for a treat of extraordinary, enlightening conversations, motivation, positive energy, and empowering inspiration so that you can live your life the way it was meant to be lived. You are not alone, and your happiness, healing, and personal growth is just one decision away. And this could be the episode that sparks your soul. We got this. Let's go, baby. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Luke's Mind Power. It's great to be back again. It's a blessing to be alive. Uh, it's a sunny day out here in, in, in New South Wales in Australia and I have an amazing guest with me. Somebody who I've formed an amazing relationship with through the social media platform TikTok. Her name is Diana. Uh, she is from the East Coast. She's from Florida. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's awesome to be connected uh, with someone who is also sending out positive vibes and using that social media platform uh, to spread more uh, love. And, um, you know, uh, for me, it was a super surprise because uh, I've, I'm pretty new to the platform as well, um, but I've connected with so many amazing people just, uh, you know, doing what they love and sharing their gifts with the world um, and being themselves. And that's, that's one thing that I really love. And when I posted a video on my TikTok platform, uh, it was kind of a little bit about, my uh, personal life and my love life and, and relationships. And I found a song that I really loved. And there I saw another video, which is uh, from Diana and she duetted me. And uh, I was so surprised when I saw it and uh, I was actually really touched, you know? So uh, here we are and I uh, connected with Diana and now um, we're doing a podcast together. So Diana, thank you so much for coming on um, my podcast and uh, allowing me to interview you and share this space um, and get to know you a little bit better. So it would be great if you could, um, yeah, kind of introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about you. Hey, well, uh, my name is Diana. I am from actually born in Cali, Colombia. Um, I came to the United States when I was like four years old and just pretty much grew up trying to figure myself out. And uh, actually, to tell you the truth, going on TikTok saved my life. Really? Yes, it did. How? How so? Um, well, um, from the day I was actually born, um, the doctors told my mother, because I was born premature, yep. to uh, love me and take care of me, mm -hmm. that I would last only an hour. Really? That's all, all I had was an hour because oh, wow. my, my um, stomach was never fully developed. So mm -hmm. it would never be sufficient to, you know, keep me alive, mm -hmm, no mm -hmm. matter how much I ate. And so all my life, I faced doctors and... All they tell me is like, you've got this, you've got this, you got this. You're not going to make it this far. And I'm 39. So I, I, I've proved them wrong. I've proved them wrong. Wow. That's a success story in itself. That's beautiful, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, that's the thing. I mean, we, we really do judge a book by its cover. And, you know, I see the video that you created with me Um you know, you touched my heart because I was like, wow, someone else out there feels the connection between what I'm presenting and my story. And, you know, and at first I was looking at the video and I was like, what the hell is that? And then <laughs> you opened the door and you started dancing with me. And I'm like, I know that 
some people have an, a negative vibe towards social media. Um, but TikTok and seeing the way that you duetted me in that video, um, it, it brought a, a connection between two people that have never met before. And I just find that to be so powerful. And especially during this time, you know, a lot of people are passing away, are losing their lives. Um, there's a lot of dictatorship out there, a lot of negativity, a lot of fear. And I see this as being such a positive platform, you know? Oh, of course. Um, I used to watch TikTok at the beginning just to see the funny faces, but I would notice that there was a lot of people out there with depressing videos mm. and you tend to get wrapped up in that. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually started a being in a relationship because I've, I've been divorced for two years yep. um, from my, my husband and who I was married to for 12 years. And um, it was a kind of a manipulative narcissist kind of relationship. And mm -hmm. I had to break free from that because I like being the sun. I love everybody describes me as sunshine and mm -hmm. there he would put a cloud over me and I could never smile without him wanting to take that away from me. And I just mm. I had to break away from that. So um, I moved out and got myself a nice place for me and my kids. And I never trusted anybody. And here I go. And finally I met somebody back in March. Mm -hmm. And one thing about my health, things that I always have this, you know, discussed with people I've been in relationship is that every 10 years, I tend to hit a restart button and I will fall for like about a month where I'm, I'm really badly sick, but it just takes me to get recover slowly, but I always do it, you know, and I keep pushing myself and I, you know, lived all mm -hmm. my life like this. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard for people to take that. So when I got onto TikTok, um, I would see the funny videos and then I started seeing the depressing ones. And that's when my 10 year restart button hit. And when I went into the emergency room, they told me I had um, stage four pancreatitis. Mm -hmm. And I sat there going, well, I've never had pancreatitis. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm, mm -hmm. How is this a possibility? Well, my stomach had shut everything down where I was no longer processing any food. Everything mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. just going in and out of me like mm -hmm. nothing. So as I'm being admitted to the hospital, I got a text message from this individual telling me, I can't handle this. I'm so sorry. And he broke me. And I went into this spiral with the sadness in the TikTok. And I'm like, oh, my God, to the point that I did think of suicide. And I actually was put on restraint where I was treated like a drug addict. Yep. I was tied to my bed. And um, I mean, it was it was it was awful. I had sores all over my back because mm. I couldn't move or get up. So one day I had turned everything off. I didn't want anything to do with anything. And I hated the world. And I actually did give up. I even told God to forget about me, mm. to just let me go. What's mm -hmm. the point? Mm -hmm. And one day I put, turned on TikTok again, just to make myself smile. 
and I saw happy, happy, happy videos. And I'm like, I want to be those happy videos. Mm. I want to be the person that has seen somebody by themselves and then join them and let them know that they're not by themselves at all. Whether mm. it's a friend, it's a duet. Um, when it's sad, um, somebody's lost somebody, I tend to want to tell them that, yeah, that person is no longer alive due to COVID or whatever it was, but you have those beautiful memories they left behind. And you should smile. And not only do you have just, you know, that love inside you, but spread that love that that person gave you to others. And that's how I started doing duets. And when I saw you, you looked like you were just having fun and you were always dancing, always a smile on your face. And when I saw that video, it hit me because it was like a, it was just a, a quick you know, video of you describing on how TikTok when you started and how you've progressed through the time. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to be part of this telling you that I'm here with you too, because if it weren't for you, I would have not even thought of doing duets. Mm. So well, I do, I do enjoy that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so powerful, like exactly what you said. And thanks for sharing everything that you've shared, because uh, I'm sure that someone will hear this and go, wow, you know what, I've, I'm going through something similar or I've been struggling with my health or mental health for many years and I've also felt like giving up or I've also felt like it's too much, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So to be able to feel connected to something greater and to know that you're not alone, it's so powerful, you know. Um, yes. So congratulations you know, Thank you. on, on being a fighter and not giving up, you know, because I think it's very easy to, it's very easy to give up, to just say, you know what, I've just let me go. I don't want to be here anymore. Like this is enough, you know, but you fought from when you were a child and you're here now, you know, and that's amazing. I mean, the, the it's, as much as we can reflect on our past, on our history, on our relationships, on how we were treated, you know, if you're in a narcissistic relationship, for example, or if you've gone through a business venture or project that you worked on and you were mistreated or deceived, um, there's so much to learn from there. And the fact that you're out of it now you know your worth and you know what you deserve. Uh, and if you can look at the silver lining and everything that you went through, um, you have all the opportunity now to be able to move forward with faith in knowing that, okay, that's, I'm going to take that on. I've learned a lot now, but I'm, I'm, I'm better now. I've got more, you know, I know how not to be treated. I know, I know now what not to what that I want, not what I want to go through again. And, and there's certain signs now that you can pick up on and go, Hey, that's a red flag. Bye-bye. Oh yeah. You do learn from that. Um, the one thing that I learned the most was that 
in all that I've gone through and the mistreat that I've been through, um, not only just, you know, with my spouse, but I, I had a parent, um, one of my parents was very abusive to me. Mm. And um, I, what I learned throughout my life is that I can fix that situation. And my ex-husband and I are best friends now. Wow. I forgave him for, for what he did to me. And he, when, when I do fall, he will come and he will help take care of me. But he knows that the relationship between him and I are just friends because I want to stay happy and positive for our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, having four kids, I was told I could never have children. Wow. And here I have, I have my four sons. Wow. And two amazing. of them are actually two of them have disabilities. My oldest son has ADHD, okay. which his is full blown where he cannot concentrate unless he's on medication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the medication does tend to mess with his emotions if he doesn't take it properly. And um, then I have a son who is autistic and he's one of a million because he's got fragile X is actually a DNA genetic mm-hmm. that was um you know, the printing of his DNA, there was an error. And now, you know, he's just, for me, he's just fully amazing. Mm. And um, so in order for my kids to grow up in a great and happy environment, I fix that situation between me and their father, mm-hmm. because there shouldn't be any animosity when he comes over. Yeah, um, We should be able to stay in the same room without no fights or arguments and um so one of the things that when i started doing my tiktoks and and trying to spread the joy is i wanted to reach out to people who have gone through the depression who do think about committing suicide Mm. and shining a light to them to get them out of that darkness because i did it on my own Mm -hmm. i struggled and it hurt so badly and I don't want others to go to think that they're by themselves. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to do this alone. So I will shine that light and reach my hand in and pull mm. them out if I have to. And in doing this, I started doing the TikToks in which I would talk to, I do talk about my depression. There's days that I do cry on TikTok that I ask for help and I reach out. Mm-hmm. And, and within the last two months, my oldest son, who has ADHD and he's 17 years old, he told me he suffers from depression, something he's held quiet for uh, eight years now. Mm-hmm. And he was thinking of suicide. And I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, I was stupid for thinking of suicide. And I can't believe that having these wonderful kids in my life that I would even think of disappearing from them. And now I actually got my son to speak out and reach out for help where I didn't have it when I was growing up. Mm. And he tells me everything. And every day he tells me, mom, every day that I see your TikToks or that you send me a message, I feel alive. Mm -hmm. All these stupid thoughts that I had in my head are gone. Mm. And he goes, and I am so sorry you went through that by yourself. But if you ever need somebody to talk to, you have me and it was it was beautiful completely beautiful man uh if you're listening to this on a podcast right now can you please can we send diana a big virtual hug and send her some positive energy 
because if anyone's going through something right now in their life, it's always when you hear something from someone else or someone else's perspective or experience on life and you think you're doing it tough and you hear a story like this, it kind of puts, it grounds you. It takes you back to go, you know what? Fuck, I'm complaining about my life, you know? And, and that's, the, that's the thing. Sometimes we are so ungrateful and we don't realize that, you know, when you hear something like this, you go, wow, you know what? Um, actually, I've got nothing to complain about. You know, my problems are so minute and small compared to what you've had to go through. And we don't realize that, you know, we think that we're the only ones. Um, so, you know, I'm praising you, Diana, for being so strong because having four children, for having four children is not easy. Uh, you know, I have three older sisters and they have three, three, and my uh, middle sister has four children. So, I, um, I can relate. I see how difficult it is to be a parent, to be a mother. Um, and I have so much respect and love for, um, for parents, you know, because it is difficult. And especially if you have a disability, that makes it even more challenging. And then if you have your own health problems, that even makes it even harder. So for you to be where you're at and now to be, you know, showing yourself on on tiktok it's not for everyone my mom doesn't even want to see it she's for, for yesterday i realized the first time she she actually wanted me she got me to record her on snapchat and she was hiding behind the mango tree and she was speaking and i was like hang on a second this is my mom she's doing a video oh my god i'm recording her for the first time right but she doesn't like it right? It's, it's out of her comfort zone. She doesn't like to be on video and to be on social media or anything like that. And, and the same with my sisters, they do videos on Snapchat, but they're not on TikTok doing kind of what you're doing. It's, and, and everyone's different. I'm not judging anyone, but for you to show up the way you are um, and to do duets, connect with people, it's so powerful. You know, I know that a lot of people can get discouraged because, you know, you, again, Comparison is the thief of all joy. If you were to look at my account, for example, now you came on, you saw one of those videos and you said, okay, um, you know, 30,000 followers or whatever. Oh, I've only got 500 or I've only got 20. I'm not going to duet this person because what's the point? I'm, I'm not going to get so many. And you get discouraged because you don't have any likes or you don't get have many, much engagement or whatever. But the impact that you made on me was huge. You know, um, yeah. so, you know, it's not about that. It, it's, it's, it's about uh, knowing that, that, yeah, you can duet someone, doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter how many followers they have, and you can impact their life. That's just amazing. It brings a smile to my face because um, the one thing that I have put in my mind and, and my focus is that, I don't know. Nobody knows when we're going to go in this life. And the last thing I ever want to hear is somebody saying she was so sad. She was so sick. Oh, poor her, poor this. I want to have them hear like, wow, you know, when she would walk into a room, she would brighten up the day and smile. And you never knew that deep down inside I could be dying or in pain or in agony. 
because I don't want you to see me or remember me that way. Mm. I want you to see and remember me as a ray of sunshine happiness because I don't want you to pity me. I don't feel sorry for myself, you know? So when I, I walk into a room and I see somebody completely down, sad, upset, um, for instance, last Friday. Hey, tell me um, that story. Are you going to tell that story? Can you share that oh story? Oh my God. Yes. Please. Yes, of course. Please. So um, my office is next to a hair salon and on the other side, there's a florist. So I tend to meet everybody. And most of the people that work in that plaza have either gone through cancer or are battling cancer or have some type of an illness and they all take depression medication. And I thought I was by myself because I'm in my office and I'm quiet and I keep to myself, but I usually go out and I say hi to people and I listen to their stories because I just, I love learning people. For me, people are books. They all have different covers. Some of them don't have pictures. Some of them are just plain, but I just want to read them regardless of what size that book is. I mean, I just, I think people are amazing. Um, so I remember getting out and I had a good day and I was dressed up and I was like, maybe I'll go out and just have fun. And I see one of the ladies, her name is Lisa, just sitting there in tears and she's smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, hey, are you okay? And she goes, no, I'm going to go home and I'm going to put a bullet in my head. And I sat there and I go, no, you're not. And she's like, yeah, I am. I said, no, you're not, because I'm going to sit here as long as it takes for you to know that you're not going to do that because you're too important to me. If you're not important to anybody and you're not loved by anybody, I'm here and I love you. And she was like, and she just looked at me and she started pouring out her, her sadness because her husband just asked her for a divorce and she herself deals with chronic pain because she's been in a really bad accident. So her hips and her legs are always hurting. And, uh, She's just done. She was completely done with it. And I said, and so of course I said, well, let me share a little bit about myself. And she, I go, you know that I've been sick and that I've had stomach issues, but you don't know that I actually have a hole in my heart and my heart beats at 170 beats per minute. So it beats twice as fast as it should, you know, as a normal heart rate. So I usually have to take medication to stop that. And um, I said, I take depression medication and I can't eat anything that, you know, I don't specifically cook myself because it could send me back to the hospital. And I just kept telling her this and this and that. And then she just looked at me and she goes, holy crap, you're a lot worse off than I am. And I said, yeah, but do you see the smile on my face? I don't let it get to me. And I said, so you are going to go home. And you're going to eat the tamales my mom made me for lunch because you should enjoy something that's made from, you know, with love and from, you know, the heart of my mother. And you're going to think of me this whole weekend and you are not going to do anything about putting a bullet in your head, because if you do that, you're going to kill me too. I will die with you. And she's like, well, that's not fair. And I said, well, it is to me because I want you to feel guilty for doing something that you shouldn't do. Because if I wouldn't take my life dealing with everything that I've dealt with, you don't have the right to do it either because you have so much ahead of you. And if anything, I love you so much 
if that's what you need to hear, I will say it to you every day. Every morning, I will send you a text telling you I love you. Every night, I will send you a text saying good night. I love you. And she just, she hugged me and she goes, oh my God, I can't believe that today somebody cared to save my life. And I mean, I was shivering inside. I was shaking so badly. Like I didn't know what to do. When I got into the car, I started crying, but I did not let her see that. And ever since she gets to work, she's in a good mood. We go out to eat lunch together. She tells me about her dogs and she goes, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here. And I'm like, I am so glad that it just took 45 minutes of my time to just stop and ask somebody, are you okay? Because I could have just gone on my day and she would have not been here the next day. So that, that was really, I, that was just the best thing that I, I, to me, that was rewarding. So. Absolutely. That's just, um, it's powerful stuff. And you know what the hardest thing is, I think, cause you know, I've been through a fair amount of depression in the last six months. Maybe it's not as severe as, as maybe what you've gone through or, others have gone through because I know some people go through depression for years, like you said, your, your son. Um, but I mean, I think it's actually being able to release that and communicate not yes. only to yourself, but, but to own up to the fact that, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm depressed because people can be in denial, right? Because they don't Correct. want to other people to, to see that they don't want other people to, uh, they're afraid of, of being judged. You know, you, you want to, you, everyone always wants to show up like everything is fucking amazing in their life. Right. But then when mm -hmm. they're out of the picture, they go back into their shell and they and they feel like crap and their vibe is low. They don't want to talk to anyone, you know? Um, and I think that's probably one of the hardest things is to, for someone to say, because what are we programmed to do? right? Majority of the time you go out and whether it's going to a shop or whatever, it's, hi, how are you doing today? Oh yeah, I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks. But that's a load of bullshit, mm -hmm. right? What if, what if you told the truth for a moment there and someone said, hey, sir, how are you doing? Or hey, hi, how are you? And you're like, I'm actually really shit. I've, I've had a really bad week right? But we don't do that. Yeah, We don't. We're bullshitting all the time. Like imagine everyone and started telling the truth for a moment. It is, it is, it's crazy. Um, when, what I did notice is when we do suffer from depression, we don't want to have others. We don't want to invite anybody into that. Yeah. But what we do is we, we keep adding weight to that depression because we, we keep grabbing and grabbing and grabbing and grabbing in which we end up poisoning ourselves. We're, we're becoming very toxic to ourselves. But if you open up to somebody and you let them know, this is what I'm going to through, and they stay there right next to you and say, you know what? I go through the same thing too. And then, you, of course, you're like, oh, my God. So I'm not alone in this world. I am not alone. And like I, with my son, you know, expressing the way he, he, he feels about himself, 
he's, he would feel self-doubt. Um, he was in fear that he was disappointing the world. And I'm sitting there going, but what are you disappointing the world from, honey? When nobody's, nobody's perfect. Because to me, you're always going to be perfect because I'm your mom. You know, I'm going to be here for you. And I said, just like I held your hand when you gave your first steps, I will hold your hand until I give my last. So you know that you're never going to be alone. Mm. And when you have a really, really bad day, hold my hand and I will help you through that. Regardless if I can't stand myself, because to me, you're more important than I am. And he looked at me and he goes, well, when you hold my hand and I feel that you are falling down on your knees, mom, I will pick you up and I will carry you. And I said, that is what I want you to say. That's what I want you to feel that, yeah, you're feeling horrible inside, but now you let that out and you also want to help somebody else from falling. So then you increase that positivity to everybody. And he's actually, he'll, he'll text me from school and he goes, Hey mom. And I'm like, Hey honey, is everything okay? He's like, well, yeah, I have a friend who is going through this and this and that. And he'll tell me the story. He goes, what should I say? Because every time I explain something to you, you say it in such a great, like in a great way with such great grace that it makes sense to me. And then I turn all everything that I've been thinking about negative into a positive. So I want to use your words to express to my friend that he's not alone. And I was like, okay, so I'll tell him exactly what he needs to say. And then later on, he's like, Hey mom, it worked. He is happy. And then I also gave him his, your, your phone number and told him that you're available to answer any text messages at any time of day, because I do it you know, you do it for me that I know that you'll be willing to do it to somebody who's doesn't have a mom or a dad to support them. And I'm like, let's do this. We'll keep doing this because it brings you happiness. And then make sure that if you're helping others, you kind of forget about your own depression. You know what? Um, the fact that, you know, when you give and you lift others up, you, you do also, it also raises your vibration and lifts your own energy because you know you've made a difference you know and it, and it makes you it makes you feel um alive you know it is. Yes. it's it's powerful it's powerful stuff but at the same time what are you doing for yourself to make sure that you keep yourself full because i know a lot of times you know, I, I have experienced this with my sister, for example, you know, that she went through a dif difficult challenge with her own mental health um, a year ago. And, you know, she was depleted. And a lot of times we can forget about ourselves because we're just giving and giving and giving and giving and giving to others, but we forget to fill up our own cup. We forget to fill ourselves up and give ourselves that that love and attention and, and self-care, you know? So how are you helping yourself, Diana? Um, well, to tell you the truth, I used to look at myself in the mirror and mm -hmm. I would tell myself, I hate you. Wow. If it weren't because of your health issues, 
your parents would have never struggled. Um, if it weren't because of your health issues, your ex-husband would have been a happier person and he probably would have treated you better. Mm. And so now and every day that I look at myself in the mirror, I, I go and I, I tell myself, I love you. Oh, fuck yes. I love you so much. Yes. And then I sit there because you love yourself, Diana, and you see how beautiful you are in the inside that if you don't love yourself, nobody else will feel that love. And that's the most important thing is to love yourself, to care about yourself. Because how are you going to let anybody love you if you don't know how to love yourself? How do you expect somebody to treat you if you won't treat yourself good? If I wanted to take medications and drink and do drugs, how do I expect to save lives if I'm killing myself? Slowly but surely, I'm just drowning. So I learned that if I stay afloat and I love myself, it doesn't matter what anybody could say to me, I'll continue on, on keeping that smile on my face. I used to actually work at, uh, at the health department for very many years. And there were a lot of dark people that worked there. Um, they would be very negative, but they would tell me, you need to stop smiling because it makes me sick. And I'm sitting there going. What? Someone said that to you? It? Yes. And I'm like, well, why would you? What? And, and it, would, it would fester and, and it would bother me. And of course, my day would be turned inside out, you know. And I'm sitting there going, maybe that smile is retarded. Maybe you are stupid. Why are you smiling? You have no reason to smile. So after, you know, months and months of this person constantly saying that to me, I what? up to her one day and I hugged her and I hugged her so tight and I said I am sorry if you are upset if you cannot smile that you don't feel love but whatever your words are they're just going to fly over my head from now on and if you need a hug and that's the way you're trying to get my attention I'm here and she stopped she cried and mm -hmm. she's like why do you love so much why do you smile so much? And I'm like, why not? Why not? Why be in the dark? It's like you have to, you have to over, in order for you to overcome what you're going through, you have to turn every negative into a positive regardless. Um, my son's teacher, his elementary teacher passed away from some type of an illness. And, um, I remember sitting at her wake and everybody's crying and everybody's, you know, just telling these sob, sob stories. And they had asked if anybody else, like if any other parents wanted to speak up. And um, I, it, it, I forced myself up to my feet. And the principal, she knew me for very many years because we used to go to church together. And she goes, oh, this is going to be good. So I went up there. And I said, uh, I've heard the stories, um, the sadness, and yes, we are going to miss her. And yes, she died a very painful death. But to her mom, and I looked at her mom and her, her siblings and her kids, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. 
for sharing her with us. Because if it weren't for her, my son would struggle in school, but she took it upon herself to love my son as if it were her own kid, if it was her own grandson or whatever. But every day she would be like, we did our homework. And that to me was amazing. So I'm not, I'm not crying because I'm going to miss her. I'm not crying that she left this world. I am crying because I thank God that he brought her into our lives and you were not selfish at all. You shared her with all these beautiful children and all these parents here. They wouldn't be here if it weren't because of how great you guys were to keep her doing what she wanted to do. And I mean, there was, everybody started crying, but the point is that even when people die, they leave so much beauty behind that we can share with others. It's like, you know, when there's a grandparent and, and the grandkids are um, destroyed because they're, she's, she's not gonna be there to make her cookies, but you know, she taught them how to make those cookies with their own recipe. Mm. So they're going to be able to make those cookies for their kids mm -hmm. and the kids after that and continue on just, you know, recycling that beauty mm. that they leave behind. Even if they, they're gone physically from this world, they will live forever in mm. everybody's hearts because mm -hmm. you will express pictures and telling people that they're amazing, you know, and that's for me, that's what I always do when I go to a funeral. I don't sit there and I cry and I'm sorry for your loss. I sit there and I said, I am so grateful. I am grateful that that person was in my life. And thank you for sharing. Mm. That's just the way I like to see things. Yeah, well, it's a really powerful mindset because uh, you have to ask yourself the question, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? What do I want people to remember me for? What kind of an impact did I have on this world? How did I inspire people? How did I love? How did I care? Uh, you know, and and... What kind of positive impact did I have? You know, what do I want to be remembered for? And when you start to actually tune into that, you know, your awareness kind of shifts because yeah. like you said, you know, yeah, when you when it is your time to go, you'll still be here in people's hearts in the way that you lived and uh, the way you made people feel, you know, and they'll never forget it. So, yeah, so it, it's really powerful to be able to have that kind of mindset because it changes the game on how you live your day, you know, like, of course, you know, live full and die empty so that you leave behind your beauty, your gifts, your knowledge, you know, um, I think it's so powerful um, with what you're sharing. It's amazing. Um, you, you know, you're very, I've, I've seen some of your content on TikTok. Uh, and it's a beautiful way to kind of get to know people and see what people are good at and that kind of stuff. But uh, you, you are, you, for me, you seem very carefree. Is there an element of, you know, a part of you that used to be insecure or lack self-confidence or did you care about what people thought about you and, and how you present yourself now on social media? Yes. Yeah. Um... I, I would never be able to like, I would never be able to have this conversation with you. Um, when I was in school, it was kind of hard for me to speak because my, my voice would crack and I would go into a panic and 
the anxiety would debilitate me. And I couldn't even give a presentation to, for me to be able to graduate high school that my teachers took it upon themselves that I would present to them alone after school. So I would stay after school, you know, just to be able to at least get a B or an A to pass a class. And most of the time I spend my days hiding in the principal's office because I feared being around other people. Um, and, you know, I, I went, I, I did go through trauma by, I did run away when I was younger. Um, I was held captive by a, a crazy person and, you know, I, I just, it was, it was a bad, I, I had fear of men in general. And mm. I, I, I couldn't even have a doctor that was a male unless he had a nurse who was the only person that was allowed to touch me. Mm-hmm. But the, the doctors themselves could not get close to me because I had a fear because of the stupidity of just being intimidated by somebody overpowering you, mm-hmm. having control over you. So, um, yeah, to speak to others and express to them on how I was suffering, I was very quiet and, and I, I, I would beat myself up a lot. And um, one day, for some reason, I stumbled and I, I told a joke. And I'm, I'm not a joke-telling type of person. And just to see everybody look at me and start laughing and smiling, I'm like, what have I been afraid of this whole time? And then the more I kept, you know, talking to people, the more I opened myself because otherwise I would still be hiding behind a closet and it, it, it would stop me. And of course my appearance, um, I was always brought up because I was the only girl in the family. I had older brothers. And of course we would um, bring in all their friends. And so I was always, I had to be like a Barbie doll. I had to be very, very well dressed. My hair had to be done. Um, my shoes, my clothes could never get dirty. Um, birthday parties, I could not enjoy them because then I would get dirty and I couldn't eat any of the candy because I wasn't allowed to. And it was just no, 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 no. And then one day I told myself, well, why, why am I letting myself be afraid of the world? And, you know, this is, this is not good for me. And I liked the way when I smiled, how it would light, light up somebody's day, regardless of who they were. Um, and I, it, trust me, it was hard. Like to this day, sometimes when I go out to like a job interview or we have to go to a meeting, I, I do tend to get very nervous and panicky. Mm-hmm. So I start telling myself jokes. Um, when I, cause I've had plenty of surgeries go, growing up in my life. Um, instead of going into the surgery room thinking, oh my God, today I'm, I'm, might be my last day. I might not make it because with the anesthesia in my heart, it's kind of very scary. And I could sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So I would take it upon myself that the doctors would be like, okay, before we um, go ahead and give you the anesthesia, is there anything, any questions you have for us? And I'm like, no, no questions at all, but just don't have too much fun while I'm out. And they would start laughing and that would settle my, my nerves. So I would make fun of myself. 
mm-hmm. like not in a bad way, but just jokingly, you know, and they were like, I can't believe you have so much spirit. And I was like, that's the only way I can Is get that, through this because right now I'm a little, like dying inside. It sounds a little bit like Hans. Yes. <laughs> he likes to make fun of <laughs> He likes to make fun of himself. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm a goofball. Like, I, my kids, they don't, they're, they get on TikTok, but they just watch videos. They would never do, you know, any type of video. And they're like, mom, please don't do anything to embarrass me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do it now because you told me not to. Yes. And they're like, oh my God. I'm, you know, I'm like, you're going to, I'm like a kid. You're going to tell me something. I'm going to do the complete opposite. Yeah. Complete opposite of what. So I can sit there and I'll do like, funny videos and um when I do duets like when I did with you it didn't I didn't care what other people would think even if I wasn't dancing right or if I didn't know the words to the song or I screwed something up or oh, you the, did it the you mouth did it was... so you did it so well <laughs> and but you know you have that thing like oh did did my mouth mouth like you know match the words did I look like a, mm-hmm. a you know a fool but the thing is that your reaction to me was the only reaction that was important. Mm-hmm. Nobody else's because it was a video that I kind of like put myself in your, in your life at that mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, well, is it okay? You know, are you having fun? Oh, you liked it. Okay, cool. Then we can keep yeah. doing this. Well, and it for- just encourages me to. Yeah. You keep going. It, it just encourages me to keep compete. I mean, completely just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did a duet with a uh, another girl who she herself gets trolled and she's overweight. And I'm like, no, we're going to have fun. We don't care what anybody else says. And if I am supposed to look like a dork dancing with you, I'm going to look like a dork dancing mm. with you. So you don't feel like you're the only one. Yeah. And it's a powerful way to connect with people uh, with what you're doing with these duets. Um, it's a powerful way to connect with people in g- just in general on TikTok. Um, but for anyone who's think, who's wondering, who's listening to this right now, who's wondering what we're talking about or what's the video that we're talking about that um, Diana did with me, uh, I'm going to tag it in the show notes so that you can just click on it directly um, and watch it uh, if you're interested in having a look. Uh, because, yeah, it was something that really, uh, it kind of shocked me. Um, but it also made me smile and, um, and, and now you'll be able to get to see it and understand how powerful this platform actually is in terms of connecting. Um, and that's why we're doing an interview now because of, of, of TikTok, you know, um, but the, the insecurity and the insecure part of life of, of who we are, um, and how you've come to be who you are, how I've come to be, what you've gone through, what I've gone through. Uh, I just want to quickly touch on that insecurity part because I resonate with you and relate so um, deeply, especially with children, for example, and I've got 10 nieces and nephews and I can see, uh, you know, the, especially some of the boys um, and even the girls, how insecure they are about themselves, you know, and I've recently gotten to a level of confidence uh, that I am presenting myself on social media, especially TikTok more so, in a very real, raw and authentic way, you know? And look, I've um, in the past kind of been a little bit embarrassed or uh, insecure about showing my physical side without a shirt on social media, for example. 
And now I've got to a point of, of confidence, especially with this new character uh, and the comedy part of my TikTok platform with this character that I, I'm, I'm showing up as. His name is Hans, Hot Hans. He's from Austria. And he doesn't speak, but he's very funny, right? And I'm showing mm -hmm. myself with videos without a shirt on, right? And the reason behind that is because his message is about not caring what others think of you and being yourself, right? And it doesn't Correct. matter if you don't have a six-pack. It doesn't matter if you're a bit chubby. It doesn't matter. The exterior of you doesn't reflect who you are inside. And I'm teaching that to my nieces and nephews. They are watching their uncle take his shirt off, dance at the beach, doing all, this funny, all these funny things that people are enjoying. And what is it doing to them? It's showing them that it's okay to be you. It's not, I'm not, yes. I'm not saying to them, hey, take your shirt off and get on TikTok. I'm saying to them, hey, don't be afraid of being yourself. You know, because I didn't have that when I was a kid. I didn't have someone else in my ear or showing me that, hey, it's okay to be exactly how you are. Don't hide yourself. Because I know that, that yeah. I can see the insecurities, you know. Um, and so that's a big, big message that I'm putting out there with this character that I've created is to be authentic and to trust yourself and to not care about what others think of you. Be you. You know, to be original, don't be a copy. There's too many people that are copying each other, trying to be like other people, you know? Correct. Um, yeah, see, for me, I uh, my insecurity is I, I, I'm a single mom. Mm. I had four kids, you know. Congratulations. I'm not going to be this, thank you. I'm not this supermodel um, on, on TikTok my body before because I was actually nothing but skin and bone mm -hmm. of how you know my body can decline and I didn't want people to see that and now that I've gotten a little healthier and better I want other moms to feel comfortable with their bodies yeah we all have stretch marks yes yeah our our bodies are not going to look the same we're not going to have these perfect perfect little boobs like everybody else on you know with their bikinis and be like you know what moms can be pretty sexy too, mm -hmm. you know? And I actually was overweight. I weighed more than 200 and something pounds wow. for my tiny little body. I'm five one. And it took a toll on my joints and my hips and my feet. And I could have just sat there and just told myself that I would never be that beautiful woman that I used to be when I was younger. And now that I actually have fun and I don't care, I'll go on there with my yoga pants and a sports bra and be like, come on, moms, y'all can join me. And any other person who has insecurity about losing weight and having an extra skin, who cares? Because you need to love yourself and you will find somebody that will love you for who you are, not what you look like. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be gorgeous you don't have to, as long as you are beautiful inside, you will look amazing outside and just being free. You know, my children, you know, they tend to wear sweatshirts and sweatpants in the summer 
because they don't like showing that they're too skinny mm-hmm. and, and they're boys mm-hmm. and boys get acne just like girls. So I've taught my kids as if they were girls, take care of your skin. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to love yourself, do for yourself what, you know, anybody else would want. You know, if you don't like the way you have acne, well, okay, let's take care of this, you know, and I'll help you through this. But to me, you look great. And then they were like, really? And then my kids, they don't, they don't care about their blemishes. And, and, you know, if anybody says anything negative, and this is one thing I taught my son, because he was bullied, um, because he's very sensitive, and Mm -hmm. he would get emotional if anybody picked on him. And I would say, honey, I know that it's upsetting you, but do you think that they're just doing what they're doing because at home, that's what they do to them? Is, did they learn that from their own bullies and that's how they've learned to be a bully? Mm-hmm. And my son goes, I don't know, maybe. So one day, kids started picking on him, calling him names and stuff like that. And he said, you know what? I'm sorry that you're not loved at home. And the kid stopped at that moment. He goes, but I'm loved. My mom waits for me every day that I get home from school and she hugs me. So whatever you're saying to me doesn't matter because I'm loved. So if you want to feel that love too, you need to stop what you're doing because any of us would love you as long as you don't treat us bad. But if you don't like being treated bad, then don't do it to others. And that's how he broke from that and he stopped being bullied Mm. because he called their attention. And he's like, do you need a hug? Do you want me to get my mom? She's not going to beat you. She'll hug you if that's what you need. And it just, it, it stunned them. They didn't know what to say. They, they, it, it, they were going, uh, uh. And then from then on, he's like, mom, they stopped picking on me because I told them that I love them regardless. And I was like, and that's what I want you to do. Love those who don't feel self-love for themselves and others and in hope that your love will encourage them to break free from that bad and do positive stuff. And after that, I went to the school one day and I see this one kid running towards me, opens the door and I'm like, oh, thank you. They're like anything for a tour of mom. And I'm like, and you are? And they're and he's like, um, um, Anthony, ma'am, I'm sorry. I would make fun of him. And I'm like, I'm not sorry. And he's like, you're not. And I said, no, because since you treated him bad, he taught you that in your negativity, he was still going to be a positive person in your life. And look at you, you're opening the door for me. I've never met you in my life. And I appreciate that. And he hugged me and I said, and now you're going to grow up to be a better person. And you keep continuing that, that positive, no more negative. If you feel negative, you turn that positive around because it's more important for you to make your situation better in other, in other people's eyes than making it worse. And my kid, you know, he's, he's, I don't know it to me as when I see them, I feel good that I've turned around and I've, I'm the parent to them that I wish I had mm. because I could have grown up and been the same type of parent mm-hmm. that did the neglect and the hate to my own children. But 
I didn't like that. So why would I do that to them? Mm -hmm. I didn't like being beat until I would cry myself to sleep. So instead of lashing out of them, spanking them, I would sit down and tell them, okay, I know you want attention. What's going on? Tell me. Let's talk about this because we're going to turn this around because spanking you, yelling at you and cursing at you, it's just going to make you worse. So what attention do you need for me to make you turn around what you're doing and do better? Mm -hmm. And they would sit there and go, well, um, you didn't like my picture that I drew the other day and put it on the refrigerator. And I said, you know what? I am a very ignorant person. I, I am so sorry. From now on, when I get home, I want you to show me everything you've done because everything you've done is more important than me coming home to relax because I just got out of the work. And then my kids stopped lashing out. I never had to yell at them. And it's just, to me, it's, it's amazing. You know, um, I was a school teacher once too. And I, I was stuck with the kids that were sent to detention. And instead of sitting there telling them to rewrite their name 24 times, I said, what's going on? Talk to me. Why are you angry? Do you need a hug? And these kids wouldn't be in detention anymore because they got positive reinforcement for their bad attitudes. And that's just, I, that's, I guess that's what keeps me going and forgetting about what I, I'm dealing with, the pain that I'm feeling, the agony. It just all fades away when I can sit there and make other people happy. Mm. And then let them know that what you're going through is definitely not as bad as others, but it's important because you're important. So powerful. Diana, can, uh, before we finish up, I just want to ask you, everything that you've shared is just incredible. It's so inspiring and empowering. And it's, it's just a blessing to be able to talk to you and hear your story and, and hear what you've gone through and, you know, how you're lifting not only yourself up, but others at the same time and still being a mother of four, a single mother of four. Uh, I just want to touch on your relationship um, and being married and going through, you mentioned a narcissistic relationship. There's so many people that I yes. have connected with recently through TikTok, the so that social media platform uh, that have some of my posts and even on lives that I've done uh, talking about narcissism, talking about even saying because of their relationships that they've been through that they'll never want to be in a relationship again. And they've even given up on love. So can you please share with us a little bit about the relationship and a little bit about why you were so clouded through throughout the relationship in those in those uh, parts where you were being say manipulated or um, you know uh, put down um, gaslighted or um, you know because from 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 your awareness now if you look back like i know that there's so many things in a relationship that you have to think about you know especially when you have children if you're married uh you have a mortgage you've got bills to pay and a lot of these things sometimes overpower the fact that your feelings and emotions matter right because you're going to go yeah but i've got kids i've got to, they've got to eat and sleep and i need to look after them so i'm going to just keep 
uh, copying what I'm copying from my partner. Right. Yes. So, um, so what was it that you, that you were going through? And now when you look back, you're like, do you, do you look at yourself five years ago or throughout that relationship and go, shit, man, why didn't I stand up for myself? Yeah. Um, for me, it was more of, I gave my 100% in a relationship and never required that 100% back. So I catered to my ex-husband and giving him everything he wanted, but never asking for anything in return. So when I did ask for something in return, he didn't like that. He didn't appreciate that. So he would belittle me. Um, he would uh, tell me, you know, the only reason why I married you is because nobody else would put up with who you are. Who's going to actually sit here and try to take somebody who's constantly dying? And I'm sitting there going, you know, you're right. You're right. I am a burden. I'm not worth it. And I have to make sure to please you because you actually took me in. And if it weren't for me, nobody else would love me. And the only reason why he would say that, it was because he was afraid of losing me because nobody would love him like I did. His parents didn't love him. He was pretty much raised by himself with neighbors and stuff like that. And women, they, they saw him as a joke, but then he's got this one woman that is treating him like royalty, like a king to the point that he would bathe with my, holding my children, I would bathe them and he wouldn't have to do anything. He would come home from work and his food would be late, sitting there nice and warm and he would take a nap and he would play video games and I never interrupted, never asked him to help me with chores around the house. And the moment I would, he would remind me, if it weren't for me, nobody would want you. And I sat there going, you know, you're right. And I kept playing that over and over in my head. And every day I tried to do more and more for him because I had to be grateful. I had to be grateful that I was under a roof, that somebody was willing to marry me and put up with me. And that's just not right. And when I did finally stand up for myself and I filed for divorce, he goes, you can go out wherever you want to go. You're never going to find anybody to love you. You are not beautiful. You are not beautiful at all. No man desires you and no man will ever desire you. And I'm sitting there going like, you know, maybe I shouldn't file for divorce because you're right. You are totally 100% right. How is it that you, in that moment, you actually believe that? Do you, do, I, I feel like uh, there's definitely a disconnection from the self, from yourself, from your self-worth. There's yeah. no, you've, that you haven't, you're, you're not in love with who you are. And so you're allowing that other person to actually say that and you believe it because you're completely disconnected from yourself. Correct. And, and it, it just, it's something that it just, you start seeing it when you look at yourself in the mirror, you notice that maybe you started, you know, getting a couple of wrinkles and gray hair and he's right. You know, and when you go out in public, 
people aren't looking at you. They're not smiling because you're really not out there to attract any attention. And it's it because you're you shelter yourself from anybody seeing you because you're already embarrassed as it is to even go out in public because you're told every day you're not worth it and you start believing it. And it got to the point where, you know what, in order for me to feel beautiful and to love myself, why don't we just fix ourselves up? Just, you know, go out there and one day wear a dress instead of sweatpants and a t-shirt and just go ahead and do your hair. You don't have to do your hair because you're going to a party or you're going out to the club or somebody invited you on a date. Just you're going to dress beautiful because you want to feel beautiful. And then when you do, you, you see people turn and say, wow, you look good. And then you realize it was all a lie. You've always looked good. You've always been attractive. You've always been beautiful on the inside and out but you allowed somebody to tell you you're not. So you hid from other people and you just have to break from that. You have to break from that because you can't let somebody tell you that you're ugly regardless, because like I, I've always said, beauty comes from within a kind word, a smile that is natural, true beauty. And when you give that to anybody in this world, Everybody will appreciate you. Everybody will want you in their lives. And that's when I, it clicked. I said here and I said to myself, Diana, really? Really? You're going to let this one individual just tear everything down because he's actually afraid of losing you. He's not, he doesn't feel pity for you. He's afraid. He's terrified. He is terrified knowing that you can find somebody that can treat you and love you for who you are. And when I noticed that, he actually started um, showing up to my job and um, telling people, you know, the reason Diana's losing weight is because she's sleeping around. And she, yes, and she, and he went to the church and he turned the church against me that they called me an adulteress. Um, he started saying, uh, he actually started um, he, he bugged my phone in a way he could get all the text messages people were writing. And then he started text messaging my friends from my, from my contacts, telling them, you know, Diana thinks that, you know, you're nothing but it. He would just say negative stuff. And he goes, you really don't need her in your life. She's a horrible person. She comes home and she talks trash about you. And then I, start, I started losing friends. And then I would go to the church and they shamed me. They said, no, we don't, ex don't accept adulteresses here in this, what? in this, in our, oh, wow. exactly. Um, so and there's a lot, the point there's a lot oh, going yeah. on. Like it's, it's more yes. than that. It just, it's, it's, it, it, it goes out to your friends, your family, you know, your, yes. your whole exterior life gets affected by this individual. It's not just about him shaming you. It's about getting other people to believe that you're this person what was the point that you, what was the point in in the relationship that you got to uh a level of awakening in a sense where you were just like um this is not my reality this is not my truth this is not right i've got to go well for me it was um i i had i 
I was always prescribed pain medication, high, um, like Oxycontins and um, um, sleeping aids, um, medications to help me sleep through the night and, and stuff. And they're very strong and you become addicted to them. And so um, I, I, I have this thing that because of my health issues, I keep everything in numbers, everything is on a schedule. I, it's a routine for me. And I started noticing that my medications were off. My medications weren't settled. Um, something was not functioning right. And he would tell me is that I was taking too many of them and I was abusing them. But I didn't know that secretly he was putting um, the medications into my drinks to make me sleepy all the time, to make me tired. And he would tell me go lay down and he would remove my clothes so I couldn't leave the room because he knew that I wouldn't go out to the living room naked in front of my children. And so he would lock the door and he's like, don't bother your mom. She prefers to sleep than being with you. And then um, when I finally, he got served with um, the divorce papers because I started being afraid that I wasn't going to wake up one of these days because my medications were disappearing, yet I could not sustain myself to be awake throughout the day. So, um, did you ever get the, sexually abused in that, in that kind of, yes, context? yes, yes. He actually, um, drugged me severely and took advantage of me in the worst ways ever that, um, when I woke up, I woke up in a lot of pain. And when I went to stand up, I fell. Mm. So he rushed me to the hospital. And of course, that's when, um, the doctors kept him in the, in the, like in the waiting room. They said, no, he couldn't come back there because there was something drastically wrong with me and they needed to assess me better. So of course, police officers came in and um, they said, um, are you being abused at home? And I sat there, I, I, I don't know how to answer you. And I go, well, mentally. And they're like, well, from the scans and, and, this, the ultrasounds that we did, you have been very violently raped from not only your vagina, but from your anus. And that is why you cannot walk is because there was nerve damage. Mm. And I sat there and they were like, were you coherent at any time? Did you know that this was going on? And I said, no, I, I, I remember not feeling good. And I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I woke up in a lot of pain. And then I noticed there was blood on the bed mm. and, and there was like, do you think your husband did this to you purposely? And I'm sitting there going, yeah. And in the waiting room, he was telling them that he feared for my children because I would um, be abusing these drugs so badly. And then I would hurt myself and that I have, I, I was the one that caused that to myself. And the doctors were like, there's no way you can do that to yourself if you had this amount of medication in you. So he was trying to take custody of my children during the divorce by saying that I was a drug addict and uh, that I was an unfit mother. Did he ever go to jail or anything like that for, for nope. raping you? No, they, no, he did not. He did not because I, 
I couldn't, I could not put, I could not put the image of police officers walking into my home in front of my children and arresting him. Even though he'd done, even though he'd done that, all of that to you. Yes. And I remember, um, being wheeled into the church, um, in a wheelchair, um, and he got up and he got baptized where he gave himself to the Lord and said, for my wife and kids, I am going to be baptized in hopes that the devil will leave her alone. What? Correct. Okay, so that's just another part of the narcissistic uh, mindset and, and the traits yes. of, of manipulation and stuff. That's just effed up. It's Correct. So bad. Um, Diana, you're extraordinary. Um, like, honestly, what you've shared is just going to inspire so many people. Um, I'm so sorry that you've had to go through what you've, go, you've gone through. Um, but you've got a voice and you're using it and it's so fucking powerful. Everyone who listens to this is going to be like, who is Diana? I want to, I want to follow her. I want to support her. Um, so I hope that everyone who is listening to this clicks um, on her link um, to, to follow her on TikTok. Um, but I, I, I just, the amount of courage that you have and the strength that you have, the tenacity that you have, the audacity that you have, as a woman to now have children, these children to have divorced, to be a single mom and to still say that you forgive this guy and that you're friends with him in a way where you don't want your children to be in a negative environment to see their parents being in a, a negative way. Uh, like how can, to, to be able to fathom that understanding that you've been able to forgive this person, to find peace, to let go, how did you do that? Um, well, that, it was really hard. It was really hard. But um, being somebody that I was raised Catholic and I always believe that, you know, God's your best friend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he would want us to forgive. He would mm-hmm. want us to forgive because how am I going to move on and think that I'm going to go to heaven? Mm-hmm. Hating him. Mm-hmm. Hating him because I'm really not living the right way uh, or living in the steps of God if I have hate in my heart, but I, what I did is um, I actually thanked him. I thanked him because if it weren't for him doing what he did, I would never have learned to love myself because I would have left him and just continued on hating myself in any other relationship I was in and letting them manipulate me over and over and over. So when I Gave, I forgave him and I, I, till this date, I still tell him, I love you so much because if it wasn't because of me meeting you in, in my life, I would have never had these four amazing, beautiful boys that I have, which were a gift from God to me, regardless of what I went to, because mm-hmm. I came out winning. I came out winning and my children, my older, my teenager, my teenage sons, cause one's 17 and one is 15. They hated me. They hated me because I moved out. I moved away from their father. I separated their family. And so I took the courage in front of their father and I told them what he did to me. And I said, you can deny it all you want. 
but I, I'm not sorry. I still, I still care for you. I would not wish anything that have has happened to me onto you because I would never be a good person to wish you death, to wish you all the hate. No. In other words, I want my children to see that I still can overcome this regardless of how much he tried to destroy me, but I still have it in my heart to love. And my children to this day, they don't, they told their father, we don't forgive you for what you did, but we will never stop loving you because you need love. You need positive in your life because if you don't have that, you're going to keep hurting people and we can't allow that. We cannot allow that. So we're going to love you like our mom loves you and she cares for you in hopes that you will turn into a better person. And he has, he has, I mean, like, um, the way he treats my children before he had, um, he actually had hate towards the younger ones mm. because they took too much of my time away from him. Mm-hmm. But then I would remind him, you know, they wouldn't be here in this world if it weren't for you. So why do you hate something that you helped bring into this world? And now my kids are like, oh my God, that's changed. We have conversations. We go out to eat. We have similarities. He's completely a different person. He's a complete different person. And I am very happy about that. Because if I were to hate him, then he would be mistreating my kids right now. Mm. He would be taking out the anger that he had for me out on them. And I was not going to allow that. I was not going to allow that. And you, he comes and he spends Christmas with me. He's actually did meet one of my ex-boyfriends. And I said, this is my best friend. He is my best friend because he is a father of my children. And he has been there in my life for 16 years. I actually knew him. Um, I met has him he, when I was seven years he, old. Has he forgiven you for what he did? Yes. Like, I mean, has yes. he, has he, uh, sorry, not has he forgiven, has he apologized to you? Yes. Yes, he has apologized. He, he destroyed himself. He hated himself. Mm. Um, he never knew that he could ever, because he, he was married before and he never did anything to her. He actually put her on the pedestal. I used to live in her shadow. Mm. You know, and then he, he said to me that he never knew good in his life until he met me. He never knew what love was until he met me. Because I was willing to forgive his stupidity. I was willing to forgive his hate. And if it wasn't because he demonstrated that I demonstrated what God really wants us here in this world to do, that he would have been lost himself. And that he, he thanks me every day. And he, he says to me, um, I will never stop doing what I can to repay you for the damage that I've done. And he goes, I know I'm never going to be accepted in your heart again, but I am so grateful that you did not delete me from your life. Because if you did, I would have nobody. And I still have my kids and I still have support. And I said, and that's what I wanted you to understand 
that regardless of what you did to me, I was not going to turn into you. I was going to be better than you. It's a powerful way to live because uh, a lot of us can be very reactive. And so when someone is negative towards us, we can also uh, lose ourselves and then be negative back. Um, and it's, it's a great reminder to, um, you know, not lower yourself to meet someone else's, um, you know, I can't remember how to say it exactly. It's like, you know, their standards. Yeah. Don't, don't lower yourself for somebody else's satisfaction. You know, Correct. you, you stay, you keep yourself at that level, you know, uh, no response is a response. Don't waste your energy on someone that doesn't deserve it. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a powerful way down everything that you've shared is just so amazing. Um, it's really been a really enlightening conversation. Um, you've inspired me a lot and also grounded me as well, because when I hear stories like this and I, I hear your journey, um, even though I'm sure you're not where you want to be, but you've come so far and your ability to reflect and share with what you've gone through is there's so much power there. There's so much strength there. There's so much courage there, you know, that you have now within yourself. And when you reflect on that, it's a powerful way for you to move forward because, you know, man, if I can come through that, whatever is ahead, I can handle it, you know, um, and you've yeah. invested so much into yourself and uh, you're definitely filling up um, yourself all the time. I can feel it. Um, I can feel your energy and you're able to now, give back, you know, to support your kids and also to be a shining light in other people's lives, as well as, you know, presenting yourself on TikTok uh, and, uh, and inspiring others, you know, and, and uh, thank you for, for allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to, to use your voice, you know, because a lot of us are afraid. We're afraid to, to share our stories. We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of speaking our truth. Um, you know, even talking about being sexually abused, you know, some people are embarrassed to even say stuff like that. They're, they're living in a really depressive state because they, they can't believe that they went through something like that. And it's hurting. It hurts people, you know, so it takes a lot to be able to share that. And I really appreciate your time and everything that um, you've, you've shared with us today. I know that a lot of people are going to be inspired. Um, the last thing that I want to ask you before we go um, what is your definition of loving yourself? My definition of loving yourself is, oh, wow. Uh, loving yourself is giving yourself more life. Mm. Allowing yourself to fulfill your 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 biggest dreams your biggest dreams because if you love yourself you will never give up on yourself you will never give up on your dreams just like for me if i did not love myself and i took it upon to listen that i i would never be blessed with children and just live in misery i wouldn't have the four beautiful kids that i have now mm. but i loved myself so much that I knew that if I, if I fought and I prayed every day that I will be blessed to 
even if I had to adopt children, that I would be a mom. And if I didn't love myself, that would have not happened. That would not have happened at all because I would have doubted and I would have psyched myself out of it. And here I am waking up every morning with one on my bed and then the other one telling me, honey, honey, because my son, uh, my autistic son doesn't call me mom. He calls me honey. He's like, honey, honey, get up, get up. You got to brush my teeth. And to me, it's just like, if I would have given up on myself and I didn't love myself, I would have not had, you know, the honey, honey, wake up. Mm, That's amazing. Diana, thank you so much for your time today. I, uh, it's just a blessing to speak with you. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm so grateful that you didn't give up, you know, and, and that you kept going. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, your pain is your power now. You've been through so much um, and, and I'm excited for you because, you know, today is the start of the rest of your life. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that uh, moving forward, we're going to make it as best as we can. Uh, it's going to be so much better moving forward. Is there anything that you would just, before we finish up, is there anything that you would like to uh, leave us with? Yes. Um, never give up on yourself. Never give up on yourself because that is the only thing that you have. You are your own motivator. You are your own full support. Because if you give up on yourself and you don't support yourself, you'll, you'll, never, be, you'll never be something in this world. Mm. And even if you're just a smile in somebody's gloomy day, that's all you need. That's all you really need. And, and just stay, stay strong. Stay strong. Don't, don't ever turn every negative into a positive, regardless of what it is. It rains every day on my birthday and I love the rain. I love water. I want to go to every beach and every ocean there is because it rains on my birthday. Other people would have been like, Oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to hate myself. Why does it rain? No, just find the beauty in everything regardless on what it is and motivate yourself. Never give up on yourself. Diana, you're amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, let's stay connected. Thank you. And I'm going to share your uh, your details in the show notes below so people can connect with you. Okay. Appreciate no you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. This is Luke Mindpower. And on behalf of myself, my team, and my special guests, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share this with your friends and leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. Share with us and the world on how you were inspired and what you learned from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel and turn that into your TV so that you can stay positive and continue your journey towards inner peace and love. The link is in the show notes. If you're looking for some laughter, check out your favorite comedian, Hot Hans, as he continues his adventures of Australia daily on TikTok. Just type in Luke Mindpower or hashtag Hot Hans, H-O-T-H-A-N-Z, and you will find him there. Remember, guys, we are in this together, and I'm so happy to be connected with you. Our lives matter, and it is through these platforms that we can keep in close proximity and know I am with you. I love you all. Bless up and have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Peace.